Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. It's really good to see you guys. And um, let's get into the Word of God, shall we? You can stay seated. I know you're tired. Running around illusions, false lights all week. No, I'm joking. You, you didn't do that. Don't worry about it. There's other people. Those people don't come to church, right? <coughs> Let's go into the Word of God, shall we? Yeah? Okay. We're going to come out of Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. I know. Wow. We're going wild. Eight verses. But I think we can make it. Can we make it? Eight verses? Yeah? Martha, are you with me? Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Another version says, mercy, have mercy. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests, plural. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked there's always a good question when it comes from that man. We're, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Thank you, Lord. Do what you do. We are your people, in Jesus' name, amen. Taking the right turn. As as I was praying for us and what God wants us to maybe grasp from this piece of text, and I I mean, I preach about this piece of text like a thousand times probably, probably 999, do not be exaggerated. Um, It's one of my favorite moments in the Bible. I don't know why, but there's something about when God sees you, and maybe it's because I'm a visual artist, so I see who God is through images, through, through what he has created. The Bible is very clear. It says that the, the nature, you know, all creation speaks about, like worships God. It speaks about who he is, his person, his character, his beauty. And as I'm... As I'm studying, I cannot unplug, you know, from how he has made me. I mean, God knows when I see someone receiving from or having a moment with God, I can just stay there. I mean, it is not because I'm getting older, but since I was a kid, I couldn't see anyone having a moment with God without crying or without sobbing. I mean, it softens me up. You know, I could be having the worst day. 
But there's something about seeing someone. Have you ever looked to the side? I know you're not, you're nosy or you're not like looking at your watch and then got caught up looking at the beautiful girl that you were looking to sit down next to, but the, the, the seat is occupied. I know that's not you. Don't worry about it. And, um, and you see someone being touched by the presence of God. Has that not made you soft? Has that not made you think about, wow. Because sometimes we come to church to receive, but it's so good to see someone else receive as well, isn't it? There's something about that that in, it just talks to our spirit straight up. It goes out of boundaries. It, it really just breaks all the roots of gravity in our soul and everything that has been weighting us down and all those stories and all those lies lose all weight and buoyancy because we can walk on those waters easily when we see Jesus walking in them. And you see someone walking with Jesus on the water and some people just say that the disciples were criticizing Peter for, for drowning or sinking or, or going out. I would say if Peter comes back to the boat, I will shut up and listen. If this guy, is, this guy had the idea, the audacity, the wherewithal to even think about walking in that way with Jesus, I know that Peter is not in the text, at least very explicitly like he always will be. But think about it. There's something about seeing someone receiving from Jesus something that makes the trick. Maybe it's because we have been called, our spirit is called, we have been designed to be kingdom-minded, not self-minded. Everything tries to dissect us into even compartments inside of our day, inside of our personality, inside of our different gifts. Oh, this is me when I'm fixing things. This is me when I'm cooking. Or maybe that's like my son or oh, that's so my daughter. Maybe we have been built for something bigger. And maybe the bigger is just walking through in between one place and another. Maybe another area of our lives. Maybe we were looking all this week on how I can get better at this area. But Jesus is saying, I'm walking between that area and this other area. Are you expectant? Sometimes we just diagram this week. I need to have a breakthrough in this. Lord, butler of heaven, come and usher into my life your good blessings. Mm -mm. Sometimes we're entitled, but we move in a wrong spirit. And sometimes God even could be providing, but sometimes we don't notice the one that provided. We're just so entangle in the provision that we lose the revelation are you with me so when we are into the story they're going into jerusalem jerusalem we know is known for being a fortified city at the top of the mount of zion david built his house there he built a fortified city and jerusalem itself means a city of peace the city of god essentially so when we are going in through life and we're asking God for peace. I don't know if you have found yourself this week asking God, Father, I need some peace. I mean, this area, Lord, in this area, I mean, I'm not asking for every area, Lord. I'm asking for this area. I mean, like, would I suggest that the old Lord God Almighty can provide in every area? Never. You know me, Lord. We are friends. 
I will not ask you or demand you for such a thing. I mean, that would be crazy. Oh. But in this area, Lord, and God says, I'm on my way somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this situation. I'm going somewhere with that area of your life that I have not touched. I'm going, I'm going somewhere with your rebellion. You know that rebellion that is characteristic of your whole family? You know that stubbornness, that spirit of gossip that just lingers in your family. No one can breathe because everyone will know next day your auntie is going to be calling. So how are you doing with that? Because all of a sudden, it almost has like a GPS on your soul. I feel the Holy Spirit, and I like. I think this is like, oh, oh Sunday. We should call those, oh, oh Sundays. <laughs> Sundays that pastor gets canceled. The guys say in the back, oh, Chris got canceled. <laughs> Again, <laughs> 13 times. <laughs> you see, we're on... We're asking for peace. We're on the way to being fortified or protected. But God is in the midst of areas in our life. And such is the story today. Ten men. I love number ten. It's like, it's messy. You know, like, it's not like that is dirty. Like, messy, messy, football, famous, ten. Everyone that can lead something should be number ten. It is what it is. I don't know which one was the number ten chosen disciple, but I know that was you. Don't worry about it. You're number ten in my book. And as, as these 10 men were living in the midst of their reality, it was facts, as they were living in their disease. And something funny about leprosy is that it's not contagious as we might think it is. Like, somehow it has kind of a stigma. It's like a biblical stigma that even people that have never read the Bible think leprosy, oh, your, your arm like, ah, it's gonna fall out, you know, like, ah, your, ah, your eye blows out, you know, your finger falls in your pocket, you know, and like, where's my finger, mate, you know what? It's like, you have to put a GPS in your body parts, you know, like, because you, you never know where you're gonna lose it, you know what I mean? It's like, it has such a stigma, but science today knows that it's not easily transferred, it's not as contagious as it might seem because we have better information. We have studied things. We have progressed. And maybe sometimes we lose because of what we know, what made, you, what made us study. Sometimes doctors, this happens a lot, because of the situations that they live, the, the climax and the down points of being a doctor means that you will see a lot of people getting better and a lot of people getting worse. Maybe you will lose patience. And it's something that is very well documented is that kind of depression, professional depression. You're better in any other area of your life. But the area that you have suffered more, that you have seen more ups and downs. And sometimes it makes you wonder. Leprosy hijacks your immune system. We thought it was in the skin. And we know skin is the biggest, the biggest up organ of the whole body. We, we all know that. But at the same time, it hijacks what protects you. So Jesus is on the way to the fortified city. I'm setting you up for something. What makes you feel at peace, what fortifies you, what makes you immune, 
it was fortified against the enemies. What would be able to hinder it or make it ill, destroyed your immune system. Jesus was on the way to your immune system. What makes you strong? And he found things on the way that had their immune system, their Jerusalem, their fortified city, their peace was hindered by something they stayed too close because there's something about leprosy that now we know that it doesn't hit you all of a sudden. It's not like you gave a hug or a handshake to someone and oh, if they were lepers, you're going to become a leper. No. Now we know that it takes a long time for you to be rubbing shoulders, being friends with, living life, having conversations. For you to become a leopard, to become infected. So maybe when we see that these 10 men were outside of a city in between villages and they came to Jesus and they had to shout, we see several things. We see not only people that had their peace, their Jerusalem, sorry, that maybe their immune system protected and broken down, we see people that were abandoned by their yesterday. None of them, this is not a disease you are born with. How many things in your life you keep on carrying that you were not born with? Someone told you that you were stingy and although you wanted to give, you were just scared, but they labeled you. They broke your spiritual immune system through their assessment of you and they made you go into a little colony, a group of 10. What is your group of 10? If you look into your phone, if you just give me your phone and I look at your last 10 calls, or I ask your phone, what was the last 10 hours, what you did with it, I will know what's your group of 10. You wanna do that? You can say no thank you, amen. Can I have a no thank you? Can I have any amens in the house today? I mean, if you talk back to me, I stop talking to you a little bit. You know, like, give and take is a good trade. You never know. It's an O-O Sunday. Because God is up to something. God wants to break what has been eating up from us, from what used to be our fortress, our mount of Zion, the place of dwelling, the place of worship. And the enemy has been eating and things have been eating and situations have been taking away the strength of our walls, of our immune system, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, and you give and take whatever else you can think, it has been taken from it. And God comes with a word like now saying, are you taking the right turn? Are you taking the right turn? Now on his way to Jerusalem, he was taking the right turn. Jesus always is taking the right turn. We doubt it. We're always looking in the wrong direction most of the time. I mean, and God is saying, it's the other way, dummy. Like, I love you, but sometimes you need more than neon. Maybe that's a footnote. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, the fortified place of your life, sorry, Jesus traveled along the border of Samaria and Galilee. What this means, Samaria means watchtower, a higher place where you can have better vision. Usually is a military concept, a military building. He has been, he has built you for more than suffering. He has built you to make war on what is fighting against you. So you're no victim in your walk with Jesus. 
And as Jesus walks through you, he knows that he built you for something, that you have the possibility of looking from a higher place. But are you accessing that or you're still with the colonnade? Are you still with the little group of people? Are you still with your favorite 10? But as we study further, we see that he's in between Samaria on the way to your immune system to your peace, what you have been asking for, the fortified place that he has called you to, a place of worship. And he's in between the place that can give you a better view. And this is funny. Galilee means the entrance to a chapel or a church. Maybe that's the Wednesday. We can call it Wednesday, almost called it Wednesday. Like, how are we going to call it today? Lord, Wednesday. Maybe this is your Wednesday. Maybe it's your Monday. Maybe it's your Sunday night. Because we tend to medicate when we get convicted. We try to convince ourselves, you know what, at the end of the day, he loves me. I know, but he loves me. On a Saturday night, it's like, God is good. He still loves me. Yeah, you, you, you move from one, he loves me to, he still loves me. <laughs> that means Monday and Saturday, you know, you never know how quick they find you. How quick the enemy and the lies and the things that we surround ourselves with, because we have a funny thing as humans. I'm not going to talk about fish because fish do the same, but I'm not a fish. I'm not going to talk about birds because I've never been a bird. But I've been a human for 40 years. And something I've noticed from me is that I surround myself with the same brokenness that I have. Come on, somebody. <laughs> don't leave me outside of this. Don't leave me alone. I'll keep on doing it. Don't worry about it. Sometimes I find myself that I surround myself with the same mentality, with the same brokenness, with the same needs that I'm longing for, the same things, the same gossip, the same If I know that I'm believing God for something, I'm not going to talk, you know, with, I'm not going to say anyone. <laughs> the pastor said I had no faith. I'm not going to surround myself with people that say, are you sure God talked to you? No, no, you go to the one that really pumps you up and says, um, I see from the Lord. Mm. Because there's everything in the vineyard of the Lord, you know. There's a lot of things that we'll find. There's a lot of animals in creation, let's say. <laughs> and the Lord sometimes, sometimes I wonder, he looks at us and he's like, are you going to surround yourself with those 10 today? For real? I just talked to you. I mean, you could have believed me, right? And understand me. Not only hear me and understand what your colony, your little group of 10 believes of me. So he was going into your immune system. He traveled along the border of higher thoughts and the entrance to religiosity. And he was going into this village and then these 10 men found him and they were lepers. And this leprosy is not only something that you can not catch straight away, but it just eats everything that connects you to what you feel. Anyone struggling with numbness? Emotional, spiritual numbness? Financial numbness. Who has just this week saw someone and said, no, I'm not going to give to you. 
I need. Or you saw someone begging and you're like, I'm not going to give to you. Back in the day, you were the first one. Kumbaya. Surrounding people. Let's pray for this brother. You know, he has that need. Let's just raise an offering. Remember that? Remember that moment in your faith? That you saw someone limping and you said, can I pray for you? I know. You love me. So the context is 10 men, right? And 10 men at a distance. Why distance? Because distance is not only what distorts our view. If you go to a court of law, they say, how, how, how near were you to that situation? Because distance distorts. And you have heard me talking about that because it is very obvious, but sometimes we overlook. They were at distance because they were demanded. Some people demand that you stay at distance because of what you got in your immune system. And that happens both ways. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't scatimate. It doesn't, it doesn't break it even for you. It doesn't make it easy for you. Because sometimes people make a distance of you because in your immune system, there's actually peace. There's actually word. There's not self-entitlement. There's a, a waiting in the Lord's spirit in you. And they smell that in your immune system. Oh, no, no. This person is not going to take a harsh decision. He's not going to take a quick one. He's just actually going to believe. Are you for real? Are you going to believe now or are you going to act? I don't know which one is stronger sometimes. Believing or acting. Sometimes I demand myself to act when God is saying stop. Believe. Be still and know that I'm your God. There's something about this word. So these people were outside of the city. And what that means, they were outside of the places that they can grow. They were outside of their families. They only could be together with the people that had the same illness. We're just giving a little bit of context in this. That's why sometimes the algorithms will only push you to a bottom, a bottom class of the people that you in, interact with. Because the enemy is always looking to bottle you down with the people that you interact with. So he can keep you away from something that thinks bigger and stronger. Or moves forward. Because, oh my God, imagine that you actually move forward in your faith. That you don't keep on struggling with the same leprosy. Sorry. Imagine, because if truth be told, all of us, in some degree, were lepers in some kind of way. I know you're very good, but someone next to you is a leper. Beware. I know that you're not rubbing shoulders or weak with someone, but think about with who you are rubbing shoulders because you might be interacting with their brokenness, sorry, with their lack of immune system, their lack of peace, and maybe what they're saying sounds good. Maybe they're on the run for the priest. Religion. Maybe it sounds very prophetic. But is it looking for Jesus, really? Always looking for the priests. Plural. You like that? Outside of families. Outside of emotional growth. Some of us actually grow in our vocations, in what we do. We don't grow in who we are. The world portrays those people as Excellent people, excellent employees, reliable people, people you want to hire because they need 
what they do to inform who they are. But God created us for the opposite. He wants who we are to inform what we do. We're going to see that in a minute better. So between the watchtower and the entrance to a religious place where you have doctrine and laws and things and perceptions and all that, Jesus is hanging out looking to give you peace. But you need to take the right turn. So we see them, and they stand in a distance because they needed to. It was like 50 meters from anyone. And they shouted out in a loud voice. There's something about talking amongst the people that you know suffer from the same gossip, sorry, from the same need. From because around them you're bold. You don't care talking about your weaknesses if you know the other person is as weak as you because there will be no judgment then. But sometimes we come into places that we know these or other brother or sister doesn't, doesn't enjoy, the, sorry, doesn't delight, sorry, doesn't struggle, fight, wars against the darts of the enemy in the same areas that we do. So we're not that bold then. But with the people that we know struggle with the same things, we're bold. We give ourselves the license to speak instead of recognizing. And the enemy keeps us there for a minute because he doesn't want us to enjoy the possibility of growth. And growth in this story means the new. What is new? A beginning. These people were not born with leprosy, as we said. This is not something you were born with. It's something that you catched on the way. But it defined them from there on. And from there, you can look back and say, I remember. If I could take that decision back, if I could do that again, if I would have another shot at life, if I could do that differently, a new beginning. I mean, we know this. All of us have made a decision for Jesus. All of us says like, yes, Jesus, I observe you as my Lord. Bam, new beginning. And we know he's generous. And he surrounds us and he gives us and he, and he even gives us sparingly. Like he really is generous. But sometimes we don't access that because we stay outside of the possibility. Because we keep surrounding ourselves. We receive good word. We receive a great, I mean, we are part of a great time of worship. We come out full, and then we surround ourselves with old. Instead of going with the new. If God gives you something today, observe it. Don't harden your heart. God's still speaking. He's still moving. He's still changing. He's still transforming. He's still healing. He's still providing. He's still the new. He's outside of time. New is still on time. I know you buy some shoes. They're new when you bought them, but then after that, same day, they're not new anymore. You buy a car, at the moment you come out of the sidewalk of the, of the premises, they're four grand less, minimum. The more expensive they are, the more expensive, more costly your calling is, maybe we can do that transaction in our minds, the more it depreciates coming out of the premises that you received it. Food for someone. And they called for pity. In the world of today, 
God has not called us to look at him for pity. God called us to look for him in purpose and in power. The world suffices with pity, but God wants to give us power and purpose and a new beginning. It is not what you ask that makes you great. It's what he gives that makes you outstanding, stand outside. It makes you walk out of your situation different, transformed, showing him to the world and showing his power. So it is not what you read, it's how it reads you. So a lot of artists read the Bible and they get very inspired. Oh, wow, so prolific, it's very poetic. But how much of that read the artist? It is not how we read the Bible, it's how we allow God to read us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and through the Word, everything was done. How much are we allowing that beginning to happen? Because we can receive good Word, and out of 10, one out of 10 goes out blessed, transformed, changed. And maybe it's not the one that was crying, talking in tongues, and all of those stuff. Maybe it was the one that said, Lord, it was you. Maybe the word of today doesn't come to actually tell us, you know what, you have to turn from your sin, you have to turn from what you're deciding, you have to turn away from those ten. Only, maybe it's asking you to go deeper. What keeps you amongst the old, the ten, the last view, the last point of view? There's always a good point to make a turn. I mean, I don't know if you're me, but even in the highway, I'm looking for a point. When I know that I just passed the last exit that I need to make, I'm always trying to beat up, to beat the, the, the GPS into a better way out of this. I'm always one, like, there must be a closer one, you know, and I'm like, keep on changing, keep on changing, and I change the track, I track the, the, the little routes that it gives you. Lord, there must be something quicker. I can do this. I don't know if you're like me. Maybe you're not. You're very holy. You got a weight on the Lord. But maybe, as humans, we're not paying attention. Maybe we're so entangled being accepted that it has killed our thirst, our hunger for revelation. That doesn't mean, revelation doesn't mean you have a permit to look down on people. You have a permit to access the guy. To be made whole. Not only to be cleansed, to be fortified in truth. They were gathered because they found that what was wrong with them was wrong with others. And that was comfortable. God doesn't want us to walk in a type of walk with him. Religion will never be religion if it keeps you walking forward. Religion becomes religion when you think that's something that you do. Is more important than who you are. Every religion tells you do, but God tells you be. And He breaks the chain of the old. They knew Jesus. Jesus, would you have pity? He said, I got power, I got no pity, bro. Go. He saw it in the Hebrew, the God that sees. When God sees you, 
things change. But we can go into that nether another day. It's too long. You know, I know it will be boring. You know, she's yawning already. They knew Jesus. They knew about Jesus. We know what Jesus would say, but we don't get near to the places that he would say it in. So if I know that that friend is actually going to confront my leprosy, sorry, my immune system, what I have surrounded myself with, I don't go near. I don't visit. I even ignore the WhatsApp. They knew Jesus, but they stayed away. Maybe we come to church, but we stay away from Jesus. It is not the same thing, eh? I know. It's an oh, oh, Sunday. Maybe we come. Maybe we just give the offering. Ah, ooh, we gave the money. But you gave what, what you treasure in your heart. Did you actually give yourself? That is actually the economy of heaven. One life for all the lives. That's the economy of heaven. Humans believe in crypto, dollars, pounds, euros, and everything in between. But God believes in lives, in hearts. He wants people that can worship in spirit and in truth. God is not after your money. We could turn this into a tithe sermon. How many of us give our tithe? The 10% because it was 1 out of 10, so that's 10%. Take that one home for free. He's not with pity. He's not a pitiful God that needs your offering, that needs your time. But are you giving at least your 10%? Are you believing God for that? Are you the one that goes back and is not looking at the blessing, at the restoration because nine of them got blinded by the restoration. All of, were, all of them were cleansed on the way. Jesus said, didn't I heal ten? All of them got healed. It's not the only one that actually perceived who Jesus was that got healed. Not everyone got healed. You might be in this room. You might have been healed, but you're not walking with Jesus maybe. Or you're not walking towards Jesus. You're walking towards what makes you feel good about what Jesus has done. You might be coming back to a spiritual place, and I know I'm not making any new members today. You might be coming into a spiritual place full of you, and you will go out without the new. That's a bit tricky, no? Who can discern their own hearts? The Bible says that at the end we'll be known how we are known. David said, Father, Look into me if there's any deceit. Is there anything in me that is not righteous? Show me. So that means you don't know who you are. And in your heart, what the Bible says, from it will flow all sorts of life, but also is the most deceitful thing. Might be some areas are still getting eaten up. It starts with a little pinky. It starts with the shoulder, what you hang out with, and the values and the principles that they observe at high. And it starts eating you up in the way that you dress, the way that you think, the way you spend your time. Why are you gonna go and pray again, for real? I mean, I mean, you didn't pray three times this week? I mean, I called you three times, the three times you were praying. Is that your excuse that you're praying, really?
And then he said, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves external. Show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, the 10%, your tithe, the tithe of the moment, when he saw he was healed, he came back and praising God in a loud voice. He asked in a loud voice. We're really good for asking God, being very surrendered. But when he delivers, we forget who blessed us, who delivered us, who saw us through, who restored us. And we keep on worshiping the restoration and we lose our hunger for revelation. So they keep on following the instruction because that was correct, but it was old. It was incomplete. Yesterday's obedience is not enough for today's promise. Yesterday's obedience opens the way for you to keep connected. And it is powerful. But our obedience today is always going to be incomplete for our tomorrow. We need to keep on being completed in Christ. He said he will complete his work in us. And until you don't look like Christ and you don't think like Christ, you're not going out. He knows when is your last tick-tock, tick-tock. He knows. But it's for, for sure there's one of those. The other day I was seeing an image, and it was a massive queue into a horizon. And he said, we all are dying, and we're all in a queue. We just don't know when is our turn. I was like, wow, that's very hopeful. But it makes you think, no? How are you living your faith? How are you coming back and praising every time? Are you going back to the one that gave it? Are you coming back? Because if you go back to the one that gave it, something happens, mate. There's something about coming back that empowers you. And it's, it's very clear. Jesus says in verse 17, Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? And he's like, uh, yeah. Where are the other nine? And he said like, I don't know, with the priests. Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Are you comfortable with being a foreigner? We have five points today. Don't worry about it. It's not going to be long. And we're going to start now. <laughs> First of all, are you walking in your need, expectant of the provision? Or expectant of revelation do you want God to heal your headache or you want to know why you had the headache foot for thought because if you know what created the headache you can stop it in the roots if you know why you become envious you can stop it in the root if you know why you become gossiped if you become stingy you can stop in the roots and you can start modeling. You can walk back and say, you heal me. I was made clean. I didn't have to go all the way to the priest because you are the priest that I was looking for. Those, they cannot heal. Priests in that moment, they will not heal people. They could declare you clean. But they noticed they were clean on the way. And there's a whole thing about killing a specific type of animal. To be declared clean, you had to have the ashes of a very specific covenant. And without going into a lot of that, 
they're still waiting for the last animal, not knowing that it was Jesus. It's a red type of bull that they will sacrifice on wood. And when it's consumed to the end, the ashes will be what makes you declared clean. You could be clean. They were going. They were clean. They had to face the priest because someone had to say to them, for them to go back to society, to their families, to their jobs, to everything they wanted and they were missing, they needed to be declared cleansed. Sometimes you are clean, but you need someone to declare you clean to have access. And Jesus came to declare us clean, to give us access. This word is not about leprosy in the outside. It's leprosy on the soul. Sometimes we don't know how clean we are. And we might be walking and getting cleansed, but we don't have revelation of who is the guy that cleaned us. He is the priest. And we're still looking back to the past. We're looking on, oh, if God blessed me on Tuesday, I must have done something that he really liked that day. So let me, mm, like, what did I do on, how did I pray? Oh, how be your name, oh, wisdom and God of the stars and the universe. Just go back. Are you tracking with me? Are you okay? Is this, is this a good one? Is it a good one? I think it's an OO Sunday, right? Say OO Sunday. We should do an OO Sunday every five Sundays, you know, so you can breathe in between. <laughs> Second thing. So when you move from provision and expecting a provision and you move into being expected of revelation, what makes you better, you, you can walk into being the 10%. I know you don't like that. So I'm going to skip that point and keep you happy. Where is your 10? What is your one out of 10? One out of 10 times I would choose. Oh. <laughs> Jesus is having such a good time with your heart today. He's restoring your immune system, guys. Let's do it. He's restoring us. And also, third point, what is the difference between being cleansed, healed, or made whole? That's the tricky part. Ah, take notes. You like that one. <laughs> He's like, took out the phone, yes, <laughs> let's do it. Because there's a difference. Some of us will come to a setting like this wanting to be healed. And we talked about the provision, right, and restoration, and we worship that, and, and we, we are restored into possibilities, and we stay there, and our hunger is not restored into revelation. We only stay in that layer. It's physical. It's only in the body. What God doesn't need to take you to eternity. I will remember you that. I mean, you needed to keep on walking on this earth, on this side of the sun, S-O-N, not the S-U-N one only. But we're never being created to stay there. He wants us to get closer. He wants us to go back. So he wants us not to get lost on that, not to lose the hunger, but he wants us to walk better. What is my one out of ten? In what area I can see a little bit of more of that? Jerusalem being restored, that fortress, that peace, that fortress of sanity where I can walk from and look to a tomorrow, where I can defend others, not only look for myself, not only be restored, but come back and worship. Come back and worship. So what is the difference between cleansed, that is external, 
what is being healed. Maybe you are. Maybe you observe a wound. Maybe you were. They clean the wound. If you break, if you cut something. They will clean the wound, but does that make you healed? No. Right? It puts you in a better angle to get healed. Because everything that could eat away from will be taken care of. It is not only a strong word. It's not like the alcohol, the spiritual alcohol that you put into it. Ah, mmm. Because if you don't clean it after you have killed the bacteria, the dead bacteria stays there. Yes or no? So back in the day, we thought, ah, oh, put a little alcohol. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, like you're frying out. You're, and your grandma was like, stay still. Oh, a lot of alcohol. And it killed all of it, but it kept on being rotten. Why? Because what was killed was never taken away. It didn't heal it. So sometimes we say, okay, I'm not going to do that, but I keep on rubbing shoulders with people that are still infectious. Oh, God, help us, Lord. So we cannot move forward. We keep the same nine on the pot. And God wants to make us free from that weight. We have been talking about it. He wants us to walk, even if it makes us walk alone. It is better to arrive alone that to get lost with 10 others in the bus. Get out of the bus. This is for someone. You've been thinking about it. Get out of the bus. Get out of that entourage. This is for someone in this room. God doesn't let me go from this point. Get out now. That's not the circle. God will surround you. But that's not your circle. The difference between being cleansed, healed, and made whole. External, being healed, mind, made whole, purpose. Being made whole, at the end, he said go, arise and go. It's very quick, I can prove it to you. Verse 19 says, then he said to him, after he asked him in verse 18, has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? This guy that didn't have a covenant, that was not brought up in the pedigree of being a Christian, that doesn't know the songs, and he actually has to do the karaoke that we all find very weird. You know, that guy that didn't know all the Psalms, that didn't have it all perfectly and squared up, but he loved Jesus because he remembered how sick he was, and he came back. If you're that guy on verse 18, only one foreigner, if you're the foreigner, be at peace because God is for the foreigners. Be the only friend. Be the only in the company. Be the only one in the office. Be the only one in your family. Be the only one in the uni. Be the only one. And he is for you. He will wait, Bobby. He will wait for you. Be the only one. Get out of the bus. He says, you know what? If you keep on being hungry for me, I'll keep on revealing. And Jesus calls him, summons him into action. Because that's what happens when you praise. No one can praise without being summoned by God into action. No one can say, I had a really good worship time without coming out of that worship time full of life, giving it to someone. You are summoned by heaven every time you empty yourself and give the king who he is and what he deserves, all the knowledge. He will summon you into action. Show me your actions and I've seen what you've been worshiping. What is your one of ten? 
And he says very quick, he says, you know what? Then he said to him, rise and go. He was short about that. Some of us actually want to linger. Mm, we want the worship time to like, be as long as we can. Some of us hate the 45-minute preaching. Some of us hate the two-hour preaching. Nothing in the middle. We're humans. We're broken. We have a lot of leprosy in our head, in our mind, in our spirit, in our buckets, and everything. But Jesus is on the move. He said, ah, you believed? And you came in praise? Time to go. You don't believe me? Let's look at the story of the gathering. He said, can I go with you? He said, no, 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 no. Go back. And say what has happened. But I mean, kumbaya. I can sing, Lord. I can lead your worship. I'm really good at leading connect groups, Bible studies. I'll give you one Bible study you will never forget. But I'll, I'll be in the yellow tent. Is that what you want? Yellow tent. I'll clean the toilets. I'll just put back the toilet paper. Hope kids forever. What about going to the lost? I know it's a radical point of view. I know. It's not very popular. Never sells an amen. I know that no one wants to say amen. I know. Don't worry about it. I was not expecting an amen on that one. But what about rising up and going? Revolutionary, I know. What about not keeping it to self and actually implementing the revelation being that person from Samaria it was a Samaritan oh look at that the person not from the entrance of the religiosity powers no it was the person that is called to be a tower that looks a fortress the person that was able to think higher than the other nine are you that one are you the 10% are from this meeting are you the 10%? Because I will lo really love you. During the week, I will pray more for you. I mean, I pray for everyone. I mean, but there's, there's 90 dodgy. But there's only whoa, 10 that I really love. And those are the ones that actually live it. Sometimes I say, did they believe me? Did it work? Oh, that was a really good sermon. What do you do with it? Because it doesn't mean anything. It was like, ah, oh, that encouragement. Thank you. I mean, I, re I really need it every day. I'm like you. But what did he do? What did he cause? Did he cause you to go back and praise? Because I know when you go back and praise, he's going to push you out of the door. He's like, you're going to do it. So good doesn't mean anything. You keep on going to the priest. Hi, Chris. Nice sermon. <laughs> but I don't need that. I need you to go. And for going, you need to praise. And for praising, you need to be honest. And for praising, you have to move from the outside to what is in the inside for your mind, your renovation. And you are going to be made whole. And being made whole means that you have been spending time with God, revelation. You have taken it in. That it didn't only sound good, that it pleased your soul. That you went out and had a good time afterwards with the people from the church. How much good times your city is reaping from these moments that we get together. I know you love me. Don't worry about it. No amens, Lord. I told you they were not going to like me for this one. We're not giving more free, free dinners. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so the difference between the external, the mind, and being made whole so he gives us a purpose lies down on 
revelation. And revelation gives us movement, vocation. Our vocation is not only in the spheres of society that we serve, society. Our vocation is Christ crucified, resurrected, available every day, day in and day out, in our, out of our, amongst others, amongst everyone, for the ones that are destituted, for the ones that have no hope, for the ones that are very hopeful, for the ones that are very courageous, for the ones that have no courage. You have revelation. You have a vocation. Rise and go. Fourth point, and I'm going to quick, really quick. Don't mind the head. Don't mind the ideas. Oh, man, if I leave the ten guys, the nine others, you know, if I leave them and start just doing all this stuff, imagine. I mean, sometimes we want to see miracles, and people want to see miracles in context like this. You know what? There's more miracles happening in the streets that will happen any, at any point in church because the miracles actually are signs. Signs happen when you don't have a clue. The people that don't have a clue, they need the signs. You already have signs inside of you. So no more miracles here, baby. <coughs> See you goodbye. Go do them outside. Go do them. Like it says that we'll follow you. Signs and wonders. We'll follow those that walk in the name of the Lord. I mean, beautiful, all the feet, the walls. So don't follow the Lord and I go to church and maybe they will heal me. No. Be healing on the street. Are you walking tower level or you are the porch of church? So don't mind that. Don't mind beyond a tower perspective. The seclusion that it creates. Don't mind being the foreigner. Be the foreigner. That should be assured. Be the foreigner. Be the foreigner. In a city like London, you are a foreigner. Even if you're English, you're a foreigner. This is not England, this is London, baby. And any place of influence around the world looks exactly the same. I wonder why. Because maybe God had a heart for that one, that foreigner. Maybe that's not only a physical thing or a linguistic thing or a nationality thing. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. Maybe. You can be the wild one, the 10%. The one out of 10. You could be the tithe of your little community that says, I believe. There's always a remnant that believes. Are you that one? Or are you the one that stays next to the porch of the church? Looking to be healed, but never wanting to be healing. Jesus was walking and he was healing. The disciples were with him. And although they were quite stubborn like you and me most of the days, they still were walking with Jesus. They were still getting fresh revelation. They were walking what they were learning. They were sent. They were able to do it because they had seen it practice. And I, I'm all for the practice and seeing it. But why are we going to practice? How many hours of your week you dedicate to read the Bible? To be with Jesus. Not read it as because you have to. To be with Jesus so he can read you and tell you why he reads on your story. That you're just not a, a, a leper. You're the one that came to rise and go. You're the one. I saw 10 
And he wanted to make sure. He wanted to make sure that the guy knew that this walk sometimes can get a bit lonely. On our way back. On our way back, when you don't settle for the same type of jokes, when you don't settle for the same type of appetites, it could be lonely. I'll remind you that it could be lonely, but I'll give you purpose. Go. Rise. Go. Don't stay worshiping. Mm, I'm soaking in the presence of God. Mm. Stand up and go. This is not supposed to make you still. This is supposed to make you strong. To go and give that help. To give that hand. To be more infectious with others. With the truth. As we close. Fifth point, and I'll get out of your way. The power of obedience has to be something that we observe as something that has to keep on growing. The power to obey in the little matures in the power to obey in the big. So it matures. It transits from one side to the other, from one moment of life. When God was asking you to talk, and that was obedience there. But then in a certain moment, he asks you to shut up. And that's called maturity. He will ask you to shut up and say, just pray for them. At the beginning, I remember, I was understanding what the heck was happening to me when I became a Christian. And there was not a lot of kind of kumbaya people in my world, you know. So I was one of the ten. And um, I preached to everyone. I took everyone to church. Everyone. I mean, they thought I was very crazy. Some people laughed at me. But what I found is that although it started getting lonelier, I started understanding more of God, and I was able to give better. So at the beginning, I will have a feeling, and I will go to the cashier in a, in a supermarket and say, you're struggling with uh, this and that and the other. And the person would look at me and start crying. It was like, oh, my God. Was like, and the person behind me in the, in, in, the, in the queue was like, what did you say to this lady? And the person would like, like the crying person would start defending me from the client, you know, next to me. It's like, no, no, it's okay. It's true. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> because I had no wisdom. I just had power. I knew how to come back and praise. I didn't know how to rise, how to look at it from a different perspective. So I don't know where you're standing in your obedience timeline, but allow God to keep completing your obedience. Don't settle for yesterday's obedience as your status quo. Allow God to show you how much deeper and perfect is your ability to obey. So recapping. Walk on your need, expecting revelation, not only provision. Second, show me your ten. Choose your ten. Or choose the ten you're not going to be choosing again. Third, there's a difference between being cleansed, healed, and made whole. Fourth, don't mind being the foreigner. Don't mind being the one that believes. 
don't mind it. If it's lonely, you're still going to have a purpose to rise and go. And fifth, let the presence of God complete in you a great obedience. When it's our time, let's meet God. Let angels look, come back into the aisle and look and say, oh, this is the crazy one. I knew it. He was going to make it. Oh, this is the one that actually allowed us to actually keep on helping. He didn't settle for just going back to religion, just doing the right thing, not sinning. Maybe you're that one that actually is going to push the boundaries of only living the Ten Commandments to be able to be that one that portrays the power and the mercy and the grace and the healing that pushes others forward, that calls people to rise higher, to think higher, to go back into the brokenness that we used to form part of with the healing that has found us, with the praise that it created and with the purpose that inhabited us. Maybe you're that one. Maybe you're about to take the right turn. The right turn means going back to Jesus. You could have been in church all day, lit all the candles that were available, did all the service. But how good is it if you're like the others that keep on striving and going for religion and not getting known by the real priest? Be known by what is new. Know what you can control. Know what you can give. You know, I, I will give my tithe, my offering. It's okay. But how can I serve? What is the new that God is asking you? What is that that is making you stepping out of your comfort? What is it that from God that he has chosen you to exemplify on our streets? I know this is difficult to swallow. But the good thing is that he overcame everything that was eating up on you. There's power, there's grace, there's commitment from heaven to see you walking stronger, to seeing you rise, to see you full of purpose, to fill your lungs with hope, your mouth with praise and testimony, so you can see that your enemy, your past, what has been eating you up is defeated. He will give you victory after victory as you keep on looking for not the resource, but the source. So if you keep on being hungry, if you keep on coming near, this word comes to deliver that. Shake it. Get out of the bus. It's not enough from being cleansed. It is not enough being healed. And it's not enough to be made whole only. That we have to go. If you're wanting to make a commitment to step out, and this is nothing to do with your emotions. Remember, leprosy eats away, makes you numb. So I'm not asking for emotions. 
And I'm not asking if you have any hope. I've been able to walk differently. I'm asking you to praise. I'm asking you to give back to God so he can make you lighter and send you out stronger so he can purpose you so you can live the vocation of truth that we have been called to. Are you with me? If you want to join me in your feet, thank you, Lucas. Lucas got it. <laughs> Sometimes you, you don't have to wait for the others. You got to stand up. You got to take the right turn to get the right type of power. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we come to you knowing that we, we are full of old. Father, we are in the face of beginning and we are still begging. Father, we are in front of you sometimes and we, we beg for truth instead of becoming that truth to others, Lord. Father, we want to be kept and nurtured while you have given us so much, Lord, that could nourish so many more, Lord. But we want to keep on having. We keep surrounding ourselves with what keeps us dull, without appetite, keep us satisfied in the possibilities of being restored, in the access that it gives us, Lord, to people that are nice, the generosity of others, Lord. But you have called us to be generous. You have called us to rise. You have called us to go. You have called us to make the difference, Lord. You have called us to be, Father, empowered by obedience in an ever-longing, ever-changing completeness. Father, you have called us to expect from you, to expect revelation, Lord, because when you move in a room, you happen. It's not about the words, Father, it's about you. We don't want to go out only in our context. Father, we want to go out empowered, not only provided, but with revelation. Father, not only renewed, but abiding. Father, not only made loose, Father, we want to be able to go. So, Father, we pray that as we are fortified, as you release us, Lord, as you clean us, as you heal us, as you make us whole, Father, for once and for all, Father, in us, this will be a breaking point in our spirit. We will be able to worship differently, walk stronger, Lord, and rise in the midst of what has been coming against us, Lord. Father, we will not follow religion. Father, we want to have revelation, Lord. Father, it will not be sufficient by hearing the word. Father, make that word flesh in us. Make it actions. Make it motivations that really worship you, Lord. Would you come, Father, and reach each one of us in the areas that it has been eating us, Lord. Maybe religion has been eating us, Lord. Self-sufficiency or complacency, comfort, Father. Father, maybe it's our doubts, the doubts that we have inherited from others, Lord. Father, it's the bad reports that we have heard from people that suppose are just following you. Father, maybe it's the conversations. Father, it's maybe what we have allied ourselves to you. But that is maybe not you. Will you, will you help us to make the right turn today? 
to turn back to you, Lord. We could have been in your presence without knowing that it was a good and a new beginning. Father, and you don't want us to miss it. You're that great Father. Not only good, you're great. You're righteous. You're honest. You're truth. You not only just lead us into being healed, you transform us and let us go. So healing happens as we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we will walk on our needs, expectant of more revelation, not only provision. Father, we will be conscious that if we received it, it was to give it. Better is to give than to receive, Father. We will walk on the healing, Father, because it's, it's an asset from heaven that lives in us for the explanation of the one that no one sees, but everyone is loved by. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we take this return. Father, I speak, Father, faith in the areas that were dead, that were eating away. Father, I speak life over dreams, Father, over perceptions, Lord. Father, I speak life, Lord, and signs, Lord, in the, in the porch of religiosity, Lord. So we will stand, we will have a different thought life. This week, Father, we will think higher because we understand that you're higher, Father. Because your calling has called us higher, Father. In the name of Jesus, Father, I speak life. Your life. Your breath. Father, because you see us. You see us, Lord. You see us, Father. You're the God that sees us. We are seen. We're not, Father, we're not a nuisance to heaven. Father, we are seen. Father, we want we want to see that we are seen. Father, open our eyes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, so we can walk stronger, so we can walk faster, so we can walk in your purposes, so we can actually not be self-sufficient. So this faith is about not us, but it's about you. We turn to you. What you do, what you think, will come back to you. Give us today, Father, this bread that we so desperately need. And forgive our trespasses, Lord, as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, because it's your kingdom and it's your glory. Because it's your kingdom and it is your glory, Lord, that we're after forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.